Welcome to Global Outreach Community Church, where we proclaim and demonstrate the love of God through Christ. Now, from the Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas, here is Pastor Anderson with today's message. God wants to display His glory, that you are God's masterpiece. You are God's Artwork and every now and then God has to take you off of the shelf and put you into the fire And we don't like the fire because we want to be a showpiece. We want to be a masterpiece We want to remain on the showcase and God says no I need to take you off the shelf put you in the fire because when you are in the fire I can mold you and I can break you and I can melt you and I can reshape you again to put you right back on the shelf to show people that even though you are in the fire you won't quit even though that things are coming against you, you won't give in. That I may break you, but I want to break you to make you. So God wants to put his glory on display. God wants to bless you. So even though you have struggle in your life, understand that God wants to use your struggle to bless you. And every now and then, you just got to hang in long enough to watch God bless you. So here are two things that I want you to grab this morning, just two thoughts. Because there are so many thoughts in here. Two thoughts. Here's the first thought. We need to be concerned with the things that God is concerned with. It's in the passage. We need to be concerned with the things that God is concerned with. And here are the two things that God is concerned with. Don't miss this. The gospel and people. God is not necessarily concerned with giving you a new car. He would do that. He's not necessarily concerned with giving you a new house. He would do that. He's not necessarily concerned with turning you around and blessing you in seven days. He can do that. He's not necessarily concerned with giving you a promotion. He would do that. But I believe God's two chief concern is the gospel and people. And if God is concerned with the gospel and people, we need to be concerned with the gospel and with people. So pastor, where is it in the text? He says this, God wants his work to be on display. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. So the gospel, what is the gospel, Miss Rios? It's the good news of the redeeming power of our Savior. Christ died to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. But we found out in John, the book of John chapter 20, that God sent his son to die to redeem us that we may have a place called glory. So when I believe in him, I have eternal life. Today, I want you to hear me loud and clear. It's not about the stuff, but it's about the God of the stuff. And when you get the God of the stuff, he'll give you the stuff. But it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the gospel that opens our eyes. Because in the text, the man is physically blinded. But we'll discover next week, but he's also spiritually blinded because at the end of the text, he accepts Christ as his Lord and Savior. And all of us are born spiritually blinded. The psalmist says it this way, that we are birthed in sin. Why? Because of what happens in Genesis chapter 3. That when Adam was disobedient 
And he ate of the forbidden fruit, not the apple. It was never an apple. We don't even know what kind of fruit it is. So we're preaching about the apple. An apple is never in the text. But it was the fruit. And when, we, when, and when Adam bit of the fruit, sin entered the garden. But God was so gracious that although sin traveled all the way through the Old Testament, Jesus showed up in Matthew. Jesus showed up in Mark. Jesus showed up in Luke. And Jesus showed up in John to redeem us by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this man responds to Jesus and he accepts Jesus' invitation as a beggar. So here's a question I want to ask you. How many people have you shared the gospel with? How many people have you slowed down long enough to talk to about the redeeming power of our Savior? How many conversations have you had with people who are struggling with low self-esteem, not to give them some self-help book, but to give them the gospel? Because self-help will not do what the gospel can do because there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was concerned about the gospel and his people. So this week in Denver, we're driving. I get into an Uber. The guy that was driving the Uber, he was high. Okay, just get me to my location safe. And here's what I did. I didn't just do. I shared the gospel. Because me judging won't save him from that sin. But by me giving the gospel, he has the potential to meet Jesus Christ because I shared the gospel. And watch how simple it was. I don't wear this ring at church because I don't want people to think I'm a bling bling pastor. I'm not against that. That's just me. But I wore it for a reason. He saw this ring. He said, man, did you play in the Super Bowl? I said, thank you. I know I look like a player. I said, no, man, this is my work ring. Where do you work? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. What is that? Christian-based sports ministry. What do you do? I work with coaches and athletes. Why do you do it? Because I want them to meet Jesus and hear the gospel that it would change the way they coach. That they stop coaching the heart and they stop coaching the physical side and they start coaching the spiritual side. Wow. That led me to a conversation about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we ever start focusing on people and we get beyond ourselves, we can use the gospel and take the gospel to give it to people so that people's lives will be changed. I get on the the flight, Denver, I got sick, get to Dallas, I get off, I'm just throwing up in the restroom. Oh, it was just so rough. I get on the plane, I sit next to another guy. We're just there, and I'm working on my sermon. He looks at me. Hey, I'm going to order two shots of vodka and some orange juice. Man, I don't care. Do you? I'm not the judge. I'm just working on my sermon. Live your life. So we get halfway to, uh, to Dallas, starts another conversation. Hey, what's that on your shirt? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. What is that? I explain. What do you do? I explained. Why do you do it? I explained it to him and I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is don't be the judge of people. Take the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give it to people and let God be God. And when we do that, lives will be changed and you will feel better because you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's how simple it is. This is not on my notes. I'm getting off my notes because I want to follow the spirit of God. And I may end with just the gospel. Here's how simple it is. Hear me today. Here's how simple. You don't need to know 20 scriptures. 
All you need to know is how to explain salvation. We're sinners born into sin. God loves us so much, he sent his son to die on the cross to redeem us from sin. And we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We believe God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. That means we have eternal life, we have a home for eternity, are you willing to trust Jesus? Boom! Share the gospel. We have to be guilty about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to hurting people because if somebody would have shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, I believe with that young man in Santa Fe, just maybe, just maybe, there will be a difference this Sunday versus what happened Friday. And that's why it's important that when you're on campus, share the gospel. When you're at work, share the gospel. In the classroom, share the gospel. On your job, share the gospel. Where you work, share the gospel. When you're in the hospital, share the gospel. When you're walking down the all share the gospel. When you're on planes, share the gospel of Jesus Christ and allow the gospel to heal souls. So Jesus was concerned about the gospel and he was concerned about people. He had a sense of urgency because he understood that he started his ministry at 30. He died at 33 and a half years old. He only had three and a half years to make an impact. Here's the question I have for you this morning, cousin. You don't know how long you're going to live. So what you going to do with the life God has given you? Because tomorrow you may wake up and your life may be gone. So what are you doing between the dash? From your birth to the time God calls you home, there's a dash. How are you living in the midst of the dash? Are you living a selfish life, a self-centered life, or are you taking the dash and impacting people by the way that you live, by the way that you treat them, by the way that you love them? Can I say this this morning? I'm a little Baptocostal. I'll tell you that right now. It's not about speaking in tongues. It's really not about healing. God says the way that people know you is by the way that you love them. You can speak in tongues all you want, but if you mistreat me, I got a problem with you. You can have gifts of healing, but if you mistreat me, I got a problem with you. If all you want to do is cuss me out and treat me like a dog, do you really know Jesus? But how often do we treat hurting people that way? Yeah, this is not a, a self-help sermon this morning. I'm coming right where you are. Because we're wasting too much time. It's day, but night is coming when you can't work. So it's about people, and it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and are you concerned with the things that God is concerned with? And here's the last thing. So we got to be concerned with what God is concerned with. And here's the second thing in the text. God provides in unexpected ways. Can you hear me this morning? God will provide in unexpected ways. Let me call your attention back to the text. Verse 5, we'll deal with this next week. Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. And when he said this, he spat on the ground. He took clay, made a spittle, applied to the man's eyes. And he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The man went away, did what Jesus said, and he came back seeing. Therefore, his neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, is this not the one who used to sit and beg? And others were saying, this is him. Still, others were saying, no, but he is like him. People didn't recognize him. And here's what I love. When Jesus comes into your life, a change happens. And sometimes those who know you best don't even recognize you. 
because you don't walk the same. You don't think the same. You don't always act the same because there is a change that comes into your life. And thank God for the change. And I remember the day when I changed. My sophomore year in college, God captured my heart. I was raised in church. I was in the church, but the church wasn't in me because I was doing stuff that I had no business doing. But when the church got into me and when the gospel got into me, there were some things that the Holy Spirit said, you have to stop doing because you need to be transformed from the inside out. And I remember my best friend, we were riding in the, in the car and I won't expose you. And he asked me something and I got so mad. You remember this. I got so mad. I literally wanted to kick him out the car and he was driving. I said, no man, the reason why I stopped doing that it's because I met a man from Galilee. He came into my life and he set me free. And I'm not sinless because I do sin. I said, below, there's just some things that I don't want to do anymore. Because when the gospel came into my life, it captured my soul and God blessed me in unexpected ways. So here's the unexpected way and I'm done. Clay. Stirred it up. Made an ornament. Took clay that was spit in, rubbed it, and put it on his eyes. Unexpected. Now, Deja, would you allow me to spit on the ground and take the spit, stir it up, and put it on your eyes? Now, you love me. And I got healing power. But would you let, literally let me spit on the ground, take it, stir it up, and put it over your eyes? You wouldn't do that. But the man realized that Jesus has power. And when you realize the one who blesses you have power, you don't mind how he shows up. You just want him to show up. And every now and then, God will show up in unexpected ways. Why? To restore us, to give us sight, to heal us, to bless us. And thank God that God will show up in unexpected ways. So as I close, here's what I want you to hear. Dan Britton, our executive national director. He shared the story with us. Dan is fundraising. He meets with some wealthy businessmen. They didn't give him one dime. So he shows up to, I believe, a Girl Scouts meeting. He gives a presentation to 13 and 14 year olds. He didn't think anything would come out of it. Seventh and eighth grade girls, 13 and 14. After the meeting, a girl shows up and said, Mr. Britton, can I get your business card? He said he felt so little, so insulted, that a 13-year-old seventh grader would ask for his business card. She took the business card and sent him a letter two weeks from that meeting. And in the letter, he's reading it, and she says, Mr. Dan, I was touched by your testimony. And you don't know this, but my grandpa died, and he left me some money. And when you told me about what you were doing, by taking the gospel to bless people, God moved on my heart, and I knew I had to give a tithe based off of what my grandpa sent me. Here's $1,000. Use it to be a blessing. Come here this morning. God would take unexpected people and bless you in unexpected ways when you are concerned about the gospel and when you are concerned about the people. So this morning, I'm not going to tell you that your next promotion is on the way. It may be, but what I want to tell you is be concerned about the gospel and be concerned about people. And when you're concerned about the gospel, you're concerned about people. God will bless you. God will bless you. So how many of you really want to be concerned about people? Don't, don't fool me this morning. You're concerned about people. If not, I want to pray for you because I want you to know that people's lives matter.
People lives matter. So when I got home, and I'm done, I talked to a good friend named Joe Thompson, and he gave me permission to share this. Joe moved here from Arizona. His wife had a miscarriage. Hurricane Harvey hit. He lost all of his furniture, lost his home. After that, his mentor died. After that, a young man that he mentors died. After that, someone in his family died. So I'm talking to Joe Friday because I'm concerned about the gospel and people. And I said, Joe, you hadn't seen your conclusion because God has you on display. And God wants to reveal his glory in the midst of your pain. And he said, Eric, I know that. And it's not easy, but I know God has me on display. And in the end, I win. So this morning, in the end, you win. But will you be concerned about people? And will you get really serious about the gospel? And when you are serious about the gospel, and you're serious about people, God will bless in unexpected ways. Would you pray with me this morning? God, thank you. Thank you for listening. Join us each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at The Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas. Visit us online at www.globaloutreachcc.org. Remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.